You're listening to Comedy Central. February 11th, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. guest tonight is a writer and comedian and friend of the show, uh, comedian from Two Dope Queens, currently airing on HBO. Phoebe Robinson is here, everybody. I can't wait. I can't wait to ask her what it's like to work with Jessica Williams. Also on the show, the governor of Virginia joins a book club, the earth is a giant bug zapper, and Senator Amy Klobuchar throws her hat into the ring at one of her staffers. But first, let's catch up on today's headlines. The Grammy Awards. It's the night when white Americans are reminded how much black people like to thank God. (laughs) And last night's show was no different. Music's biggest night, the Grammys, and what a show it was. Huge night for women. Cardi B became the first solo female artist to win a Grammy for Best Rap Album for Invasion of Privacy. Drake took home the award for Best Rap Song for his song, God's Plan. But many viewers upset that his powerful speech appeared to be cut off. Casey Musgraves, who took home the biggest award of the night, Album of the Year, also appeared to be cut off. Okay, now here's the thing. A lot of people were angry because people's speeches were getting cut off. But the show was also four hours long. (laughs) I understand that you're winning an award and you want to thank everybody, but we also don't want to be watching this thing for four hours, okay? You're gonna get cut off. You don't want to get cut off? Give a quicker speech. It's called the radio edit. You people should know this. Why are we just letting people wing their speeches at the Grammys? Oh, I didn't expect to win. Yeah, you could have just written something in case, all right? It was either you or one of four other people. It's not like Mega Millions. You know you have a chance. Of course, they're gonna cut the people off. People get cut off when they're up there. Yeah, because, like, people just go like, oh, and I want to thank Michael and, and Anthony. Did I mention Michael? Yeah, you mentioned Michael. <laughs> we heard Michael the first time. You know what it's like? It's like those people who wait in line at Chipotle, and then when they get to the front, they're like, uh, no! No, ah! You came in the door, you knew where you were going. Oh, what do we have here? Just get into the thing. Just be like, burrito, white rice, barbacoa, guac. Yes, it's extra, it's fine, done, thank you. I'm going. Where's the shit down? You know why you're there? No one, no one shows up to a circumcision like, oh, does anyone have any scissors? You spent six hours getting into a dress and you couldn't write down the name of your manager? Come on! (laughs) Anyway, I enjoyed the Grammys. (laughs) Moving on. Every day, we get a new reminder of how fragile our planet is. We really don't know how much longer human life will be around, but the good news is we're not gonna be the first to go. And I know we talk a lot about the environment, but the world is truly under threat, scientists say, from a catastrophic collapse of nature's ecosystems. Now, this is according to a new global scientific review of insects. This report, published in the Biological Conservation Journal, finds the total mass of insects around the world is falling two and a half percent every single year. And at that rate, scientists say all insects could vanish within a hundred years. Now, this is one of those stories where someone has to tell you why it's bad. (laughs) Because when you hear 2.5% of bugs are dying each year, most people's reaction is, can we do 10%? (laughs) That's why they had to use butterflies in the footage. Like, 
Because if it was a wasp, you'd be like, yeah, I don't care, let them go. <laughs> but this is really bad when you consider the food chain, right? We need insects because birds eat bugs and then cats eat birds and then horses eat cats. Look, I don't know how this works. <laughs> I just know we need insects, okay? I'm not a scientist. <laughs> but insects are going, insects are dying, people. It's so bad. You know how UNICEF used to show those ads with starving African kids covered in flies? Well, now they use the same ads, but the Africans are like, now we need a dollar to save these flies. Can we save their flies? <laughs> and you know what? Here at The Daily Show, we want to do our part to save the insects. So, we rescued 500 cockroaches from the... <laughs> okay, everyone, look under your chair. If you see one, kill it. Don't even mess around. Kill that shit. Finally, Amazon is in the news once again. This time, the store with all the junk we don't really need to buy has a CEO with junk we don't really need to see. The richest man in the world, founder and CEO of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, is not going down without a fight. The tech giant says the National Enquirer and its owner, David Pecker, are trying to blackmail him. Bezos claims the National Enquirer and its parent company, AMI, threatened to release text messages and explicit photos unless Bezos called off his investigation into how the Enquirer got the photos. He shared an alleged email sent from AMI's chief content officer describing multiple personal photos they had obtained of Bezos, including a below-the-belt selfie. Okay. I know this story is about the National Enquirer trying to blackmail the richest man in the world. But to me, the biggest story is, why is the richest man in the world sending dick pics? <laughs> no, if you're broke, I get it, all right? <laughs> it's sort of the one thing you have left to advertise. Like, listen, boo, I live with my parents, I can't pay for dinner, but I am a male of the species. <laughs> but when you have $140 billion, dick pics make no sense. First of all, every dick looks poor, okay? <laughs> you never see a dick and think, hmm, that dick looks like it has a summer house. No, <laughs> every dick looks like it's asking for loose change. You can try and make it look rich, like Jeff Bezos could have a Fabergé egg next to his dick for scale, but you still see it and be like, how'd that poor-ass dick get a Fabergé egg? <laughs> a man that rich shouldn't be doing this. Bezos is so rich, instead of sending a dick pic, he could have done anything. He could have, like, paid Pixar to animate his dick and send it to the woman. <laughs> Lin-Manuel would do the music for him. Forget dick pics, just send a photo of Forbes magazine. You're the richest man in the world. <laughs> slide into the DMs and you'll probably get her. You know what, if Jeff Bezos texted me at 3 a.m. like, you up, I'd be like, you better believe it, and I got a bag. <laughs> I got a backpack, Jeff, let's go. <laughs> Bezos is an idiot for sending dick pics. He shouldn't be blackmailed, though. He shouldn't. Like, that part of the story is wrong. His punishment should be all his future dick pics get sent with Amazon reviews. Yeah. <laughs> One star, item not as described. All right, let's move on to our top story. <laughs> Virginia. Virginia. It's a state that used to be known for things like slavery, plantations, and being the capital of the Confederacy. But now, that proud history is being tainted by accusations of racism. <laughs> Over the past week, a series of blackface scandals have plagued senior officials in Virginia. And in the face of calls for him to step down, Governor Northam sat this weekend with an actual black person to make his case. Did you ever think about resigning? 
when the drumbeat became so loud. And by the way, they're still beating for you to step down. Yes, I have thought about resigning, but, but I've also thought about what Virginia needs right now. And I, I really think that I'm in a position where, where I can take Virginia to the next level, and it, it will be very positive. What a baller way to keep your job. <laughs> I mean, there's like, that's how you stay in office, but there's really no other job where you could pull that move, right? Can you imagine working at Wendy's? They're trying to fire you and you're like, yes, I was taking money from the cash register. But I think what Wendy's needs right now is for me to stay on the job and <laughs> help us all heal from this epidemic of workplace theft. <laughs> Be like, but nobody else is stealing. You see, it's working already. <laughs> We're all healing. That's why I gotta stay. <laughs> but okay, fine. Northam says he should keep his job because he's learned his lesson. The question is, what exactly has he learned? Governor Ralph Northam now says his blackface scandal serves a higher purpose. He says he's learned from it and that he wants to spend the rest of his time in office focused on racial issues. Advisors have assigned him to read Roots and the Case for Reparations, uh, the Atlantic article by ta Coates, and that he's doing this whole sort of reinvention of himself. I was born in white privilege, and that has implications to it. And uh, it is much different the way a white person uh, such as myself is, is treated in this country. Whoa. Someone's been studying hard at woke night school. He's reading Roots. He's talking about white privilege. I feel like a week from now, Ralph Northam is gonna show up in a dashiki, just being like, the blood of the white devil must run through the streets. I now have the strength of the Black Panther. <laughs> now look, you shouldn't have to read Roots to know that blackface is wrong, right? You can just watch the miniseries. It's way easier. <laughs> but still, credit to Northam for trying to learn and improve. Although now, ironically, he's learned so much about black history that it's getting him into even more trouble. If you look at Virginia's history, we're now uh, at the 400-year anniversary, uh, just 90 miles from here uh, in 1619. The first uh, indentured servants from Africa landed on our shores in Old Point Comfort, what we call now Fort Monroe. And while... Also known as slavery. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ah! Ooh! Oh, poor Northam, man. Seems like no matter what he says, he just makes it worse. Because almost everyone who saw that clip had the same reaction as Gail. They're like, uh, indentured servants? That's a nice way to say slavery. Like, what do you call blackface? Extreme tanning? Huh? <laughs> what do you call AIDS? Permanent flu? Huh? What do you call a tsunami? Aquaman in 3D? What is it? <laughs> but now, to be fair to Northam, some historians do say the first Africans to arrive in Virginia were actually indentured servants, not slaves. In fact, America had black and white indentured servants before slavery became an all-black thing. Yeah, it was basically like the NBA. It used to be mixed, and then they were like, actually, black people are way better at this. Uh, we don't need the white people anymore. Go play racquetball or something. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. One of the things that makes Northam so entertaining is that he's like the Michael Scotts of politics, right? <laughs> every time, every time he tries to get out of a hole, he just keeps digging himself deeper. At a press conference nine days ago, he raised more questions, admitting to wearing shoe polish to darken his face, impersonating Michael Jackson for a dance competition. That's right. Are you still able to moonwalk? Uh, inappropriate circumstances. My wife says inappropriate circumstances. 
for many of us watching, it looked like you were about to actually demonstrate the moonwalk. Were you thinking about showing off your moonwalking skills? No, because no. I don't have those uh, at age 59. No! What are you doing? What do you mean? The correct answer is no, I was not going to moonwalk because I was in the middle of a blackface apology, not no, because I'm out of practice. <laughs> That's the wrong no. It's like if your spouse asked you, are you trying to poison me for the insurance money? You're like, what? No! Poison would look too much like suicide and they don't pay for that. It's the wrong no. So look, the apology tour isn't going perfectly, but I will say this, at least it's an apology tour. The question is now, how do people in his state feel about him? Because that's all that really matters. And you'll be surprised to find out that the numbers are not as black and white as you'd think. A new poll by the Washington Post and George Mason University in Virginia found that Virginians are split on whether Governor Northam should step down, but 58% of African-American Virginians surveyed said he should not resign. I think they need to get up off him and let him do his job. That's right. In Virginia, a lot more black people than white people believe Governor Northam should keep his job. Huh? Which seems crazy, but it actually makes sense. It makes total sense. Because think about it, to black people, especially in Virginia, every white guy serving in office has probably done some racist shit in their past. So you might as well have a white guy who has already been caught and feels bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> because you know that guy's never messing up again. And now he has a racism debt that he has to pay off. And let me tell you, white guilt can be very useful, my friends. <laughs> Black people in Virginia can ask Governor Northam for anything now. Better schools, criminal justice reform, a holiday for Beyonce's birthday. A black person <laughs> in Virginia could ask Northam to pick him up from the airport and he'd be like, I'll be there in 15 minutes. <laughs> so I don't think this is crazy. If I were... If I were a black person in Virginia, I would also want to keep Northam around because until his term is over, He's gonna be working every day to pay black people back for what he's done. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, what are you saying, Trevor? He's their slave? No, 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 not slave. <laughs> Indentured servants. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back to The Daily Show. So, I know you can feel the tension. There's only 630 days until the 2020 election. So if you fire up your slow cooker now, you'll have the most tender election night brisket ever. <laughs> but that doesn't leave a lot of time for Democrats to narrow down their field of contenders, which just keeps growing and growing. <laughs> so let's check in on the latest developments in our ongoing segment, World War D. <laughs> let's kick it off with Kamala Harris. She went on The Breakfast Club this morning and said that if she becomes president, you're not gonna have to hide your weed in the vegetable crisper anymore. First of all, let me just make the statement very clear. I believe we need to legalize marijuana. Have you ever smoked? I have. Okay. Like and I, and I inhaled. I did, in, I did inhale. inhale. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago, <laughs> but yeah. yes. I don't know why anyone is acting like Kamala Harris smoking weed is a big deal. Yeah, it used to be a scandalous thing for a politician to admit, but now it's like, yeah, who cares? Weed is getting so normalized in America now that instead of drinking beers at O'Malley's pub in the future, it's gonna be candidates who are gonna stop by Leafy Larry's Dankateria in Santa Monica <laughs> to vape. That's what it's gonna be. So Kamala didn't make much news, but there was another Democrat who did. 
The field of presidential hopefuls is a little more crowded tonight. Minnesota's Democratic Senator Amy Klobuchar announcing her bid during a snowstorm in Minneapolis. I stand before you as the granddaughter of an iron ore miner, as the first woman elected to the United States Senate from the state of Minnesota. <laughs> to announce my candidacy for president of the United States. Yay! Can we go home now? <laughs> we can't feel our legs. <laughs> Announcing your campaign in a snowstorm. From now on, everyone's gonna have to top that. That's the bar now. Biden has to announce from inside a tornado. <laughs> And then Bernie will be like, oh, yeah, well, I'm currently being struck by lightning <laughs> and it has no effect on my hair. <laughs> now, some people said that Klobuchar holding a rally in the snow showed grit and determination. But to President Trump, it was evidence of something else. The president clearly paying attention to his potential challenger, jabbing at Klobuchar's position on climate change. He tweeted this, saying that Amy Klobuchar announced that she is running for president, talking proudly of fighting global warming while standing in a virtual blizzard of snow, ice, and freezing temperatures. Bad timing. Uh, by the end of her speech, she looked like a snowman woman. Snowman woman? <laughs> this is such a weird tweet. Because on the one hand, he's denying decades of scientific research on climate change again. But on the other hand, he's being kind of woke, you know? <laughs> like snowman or woman. <laughs> it's time we acknowledge that women can also be snow people. <laughs> In fact, some snow women were born snowmen, folks. A lot of people don't know that. God doesn't always put the carrot in the right place, folks. <laughs> Not always, we've gotta be inclusive. But here's the thing about Amy Klobuchar. Normally, this kind of campaign rollout would be considered a success. But unfortunately, her announcement was overshadowed by some other news. All this comes amid a report that Klobuchar had such a bad reputation over treatment of staff that a number of potential staffers withdrew from consideration to manage her campaign. Sources tell the HuffPost, senior senator is, quote, habitually demeaning and prone to bursts of cruelty that make it difficult to work in her office for long. Her anger left staffers in tears. She threw papers and sometimes even hurled objects. And one aide was accidentally hit with a flying binder. Wow throwing binders at her employees? They need to legalize weed in her office. <laughs> so, fresh after her announcement, the first obstacle to Senator Klobuchar's presidential run has already presented itself. How does she respond to the accusations? Well, not in the way you'd think. I am tough. I push people, that is true. But my point is, is that I have high expectations for myself, I have high expectations for the people that work for me, and I have high expectations for this country. Whoa, 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 whoa. She has high expectations for her stuff and for this country? Sounds like if she becomes president, she's gonna treat everyone in America like her stuff. <laughs> she's gonna be calling random Americans at six in the morning, hey, Brad, why aren't you at work yet? Oh, what, what? I'm sorry, Madam President. Oh, you're gonna be sorry. Then a binder just flies through the window. <laughs> ah! Ah, ah. She's like, I, I do this because I'm, I'm tough on them. That sounded like what my mom would say before she'd whip my ass. I'm doing this for your own good. I have high expectations for you. <laughs> but look, are these reports about Klobuchar's temper gonna be a problem for her? They could be. Because if there's one thing we know, 
is that the only people who make it to the White House are the ones with a calm, even temperament. <laughs> we'll be right back. My guest tonight is a comedian, a best-selling author, and actor who can be seen in the new film, What Men Want, and is one of HBO's two dope queens. Phoebe Robinson! Welcome Why back. Standing for me during Black History Month is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. You got people standing for you all the time. You are kicking ass, Phoebe Robinson. Congratulations on everything that you're doing. Has it felt like a whirlwind for you? I mean, I know that you 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 were genuinely grinding for a long time as a as a comedian, as a writer. And then it felt like everything just clicked. You went Two Dope Queens. Two Dope Queens went from a podcast into a TV show. Now you're in a movie. Are are you soaking it all in? I am. It feels very exciting. I am on ShopBop all the time getting discount sweaters. I'm feeling really (laughs) good. (laughs) I made it, you guys! Like, no, I'm excited. I don't know about that. Your fashion has been one of the things people comment on most (gasps) on Two Dope Queens. They go, like, every... Do you plan that as, like, do you go, like, this is going to be the fashion for this show or is that just a byproduct of your style? Or yeah, is I have, like a... like, a whole glam team. Katya Sussman is my stylist. Delina does my hair. Sabrina... Sorry, Delina does my makeup. Sabrina does my hair. And we just, like, we want to knock it out the park. Right. We look to, like, Tracy Ellis Ross and Solange and all these amazing queens. And I just want to be on that level, you know? This is what, I, what I've always loved about Two Dope Queens, mm-hmm. is that it, it really covers everything. It's not afraid to be funny. It's not afraid to be angry. It's not afraid to be sad and, and, and happy and joyful and optimistic at the same time. It's not afraid to be black, but it's not afraid to be not stereotypically black. Mm-hmm. What do you enjoy most about being on the show and what are, you, what are you excited about in this new season? I think Jess and I, when we met, we were both kind of like, we do improv, we sometimes we date white dudes. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> and we just, we want to be ourselves. And so we will, you know, we love waiting to exhale, but we also love like Harry Potter. So it's like this right. nice, Perfect mix. I think that's like a great mix. And so we just have fun. And I think people really respond to that. You've also on, you've got a stand-up tour coming out. Yes. And I love it. It's called Sorry Harriet Tubman. Yes. <laughs> because I'm ignorant. Like I really am like, <laughs> I'm like, Harriet worked so hard on that railroad, and here I come making like dick jokes. So sorry, Harriet. I'm so sorry, girl. You say that, but you're one of the smartest people I know, though. I Thank feel like you. that's the game that you play, though, right? Yeah. You, you like mask your smarts in the dick jokes. Uh, of course, because you want people to feel like at ease and then you right. hit them. You're like, and they're like, oh, well, knowledge. So it feels good. <laughs> it's very interesting how, I guess, men and women do it different because you, your technique is I whip out the dicks and then people get calm yeah. and then I come with the knowledge and yeah. I'm like, no, I go with the knowledge and then I'd whip out the dick. Yeah, I feel she... like it's a, it's a different game that we'd be playing. Yes. <laughs> very different techniques that we have. Um, the movies. Yes. Are you enjoying that? I am enjoying it. It's fun to kind of be on a set, and this was the biggest movie I've ever done, What Men Want. Like, Taraji right. was awesome. And I just was like, I kept to myself. I, like, didn't want to break the thing. So I was just, like, sweating out, like, my all-natural deodorant. I was like, I definitely can't talk to her now because I stink. But I, like, had... I was so excited to be a part of the Do you movie. wish you, you could read men's minds? I wish I could read my boyfriend's mind. All the time? 
Not all the time, but he'll just be, I'll be like, what are you thinking? He's like, nothing. I'm like, there's nothing happening in your head at all right now? Yes, yes, there is and nothing happening wild. in his head. <laughs> that's what you do. The, he, men are not lying when they say there's absolutely nothing How? happening. How? I'll be, like, going along my day, and then I'll remember, like, in eighth grade when I tripped in front of my crush, and that, like, ruins a good hour of my life. Like, I'm like, oh, shit, Why I gotta go back there. Why are you torturing yourself? <laughs> uh, before I let you go... Yes. You are you are going to be going to uh, Africa, to Kenya specifically, yes. in the coming months. Yes. What is that for, and why is that so big for you? Um, well, I have teamed up with Red and one organizations that were co-founded by Bono, and I'm obsessed with YouTube. But I really have been, and I've been like involved in charity for a while, and I really like what they do. And right. so I've been really stateside, sort of talking about like how they raise money, how they're you know trying to get all the drugs over to Africa. So I really wanted to be on the ground and see like where that money's going, so I could like speak about it in a more like intelligent way, like full way. Right. Um, so I'm really excited. I'm going with a bunch of donors, and I don't know what to expect. Have you so been before? I I've never been. So never I'm, been to Kenya or never been to I've Africa? I've never been to Africa, so oh, I'm really wow. excited. I feel like I'm gonna cry, like an Oprah oh, yeah, cry. Like, I'm gonna should. do all the things. You must, you, you need to kiss the ground when you get there. Okay. You need to kiss the ground and yeah. you must Wakanda to everyone that you meet. <laughs> just, that's all you do. Yeah. Just everywhere you go, just be like Wakanda forever. Yeah. And everyone's gonna be like, yeah, 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 that's, that's, that's how we roll. I'm excited for you, yeah, that's gonna be fun. Thank you so much. Take lots of pictures and then come back and tell us about yes, it when you come absolutely. back. absolutely. This is so much fun. Two Dope Queens, as Fridays at 11 on HBO. The stand-up tour, Sorry Harriet Tubman, begins in March. Phoebe Robinson, everybody. Thank you. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.